Are we ready? Are we recording? We are, we're recording. Our levels should be good. Okay. I think we're ready. Life is good. Here cool. we go. Welcome to The Simplicity Show with Sue and Vince, where we talk about what's happening in the credit union industry, the world, and right here on our credit union team. In this episode, we're talking to... Alan Bergstrom, our very newly appointed CEO of Exclamation Services. What is that, you might ask? We'll get to that. Alan will lead the Exclamation team of human resources, information technology, marketing, and operations experts in growing a credit union service organization, also known as a CUSO, to serve the credit union and business communities. I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, you wrote it, so okay. <laughs> thank you for that. You're welcome. Welcome, Alan. Hey, Hi. buddy. Hi. How you doing? So good. So excited to have you here. It's great to be here. In our creepy little studio. I love it. So here we go. It's it's like no pressure that you're the boss's boss or anything, so we're going to try and keep <laughs> try and keep cool, calm, and collected here. But totally like, if you start taking out a pen and writing notes on a pink pad... I've already done We're that. gone. <laughs> Darn. Pre-wrote it. Darn. Yeah, he came in with them. First day. <laughs> like, I know one person. The word's yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's start with QSO, Credit Union Service Organization. We thought that would be important to explain to our audience what the heck a credit union service organization is and how, and then we'll get to how one gets to be a CEO of said credit union service organization. Sounds like such a big word. It does. It's a lot of words. It is. But when you say QSO, it's much simpler. So we can break it apart. Yes. Let's do it. So credit union service organ... Now I can't say it. Now I'm done. (laughs) Going home. So here we go. Uh, What... Where do we want to start? Do we want to start with how a QSO starts or what is the QSO that we have? What is on your mind? Well, let's talk about how a QSO starts and why QSOs might be important. Oh, that's it. such a great idea. You're so good at your so, job. So um, as many of us know, um, the credit union movement started a long time ago, and there were lots of credit unions, and there still are a lot of credit unions. Um, but the truth of the matter is that over the years, um, a lot of credit unions have merged. Um merged with with other credit unions, and the number of credit unions has fallen pretty dramatically. And in fact, I think the average um, rate of merging CUSOs is about one a day. So that means um, on an annual basis, there are about 365 CUSOs that no longer exist every year. So, um, and there are a number of reasons for why credit unions might merge uh, with other credit unions. one of those reasons is that the world continues to get more complicated every day. Boy, does uh, it. The competition <laughs> uh, gets more um, difficult every day. And as a result of that, um, smaller credit unions are struggling to stay afloat. So you might imagine in our world of regulations, um, there are new regulations that are created on a regular basis. And for small credit unions to stay on top of those new regulations and remain compliant, it requires resources in order to do that. And smaller credit unions oftentimes just can't afford to 
to bring on those resources, hire those resources internally. So that's one area where QSOs come into play and can be uh, a benefit to smaller credit unions. Um, we, they can take advantage of a QSO's expertise in some of those areas. Um, and so it's kind of the principle of using shared services mm-hmm. um, that are delivered and provided through a QSO. Because we're not just talking regulations around the financial part of the credit union. We're talking human resources. Look, this is a great segue. This is a really good commercial. We're talking human resources regulations. We're talking marketing compliance. We're talking IT security. We're Mm -hmm. talking operations, things around ACH and all those automatic payments coming in. Those are all places where we're heavily regulated. Absolutely. And we hold ourselves to a pretty high standard as an industry. So to know all of the ins and outs, to have a small group and know all the ins and outs of all of those regulations is a lot. It is. And so that's why a QSO can provide those kinds of services to multiple credit unions. Um, And that's exactly what we're planning to do. So um, with our QSO, uh, we have a team of marketing experts, as you've identified, HR experts, IT experts, and operations experts, back office operations, accounting, and, and services like that. And by bringing those experts together, we can then um, allow or contract with other credit unions to provide the services so they don't have to have those services necessarily or those individuals um, and that expertise in-house. Uh, they can borrow it as needed um, from the QSO. Well said. Well said. And uh, so we are part of the marketing arm of that QSO, mm-hmm. FYI. A great marketing <laughs> team, I might add. <laughs> yes, you might, <laughs> especially while we're recording. <laughs> and we, uh, we work in a building with three quarters of the rest of the QSO, so our operations team is in our same building. Our human resources mm-hmm. team is in our same building. And, um, and it's something that we, as a whole credit union team, have been working on prior to your joining our group here. Right. And a, just, lot of, a lot of thought and, and uh, planning has already gone into this QSO, uh, and, and that's a great benefit. Yeah. Slowly and surely, pulling it together, making sure we're doing it right, making sure that we are benefiting not just the other credit unions, but being of benefit to the members of the of Simplicity Credit Union, who's our sole and uh, major investor at the moment. Our primary client. Right, and our primary mm-hmm. client. And our I should say, probably, we should say our favorite. Our favorite. I mean, we hate to pick favorites. <laughs> but. At the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We love them all equally. But, so... Let's just let's talk a little bit about that. What does the formation of exclamation QSO mean for the credit union that you know that we are working for and that it's forming out of? What does that mean to the credit union and what does it mean to its members? That's a great question. You know, I think as the QSO continues to grow, as we provide those services that we've been talking about to other credit unions. Um, our own expertise will continue to grow uh, and develop. So we'll bring additional talent uh, to Simplicity. We'll bring additional resources to Simplicity Credit Union, uh, as well as the partners and, and other credit unions that will support going forward. There really is this huge benefit. I think it's, it's very common, and anybody who 
is a credit union person listening right now will know that it's very common that a marketing person might also be an HR person, might also be part-time IT person. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're when you're on those smaller teams, uh, you wear many hats and you become sort of a master of none. <laughs> but to be able to have teams that are focused on the thing that they do when they do well, that sounded egotistical, but there you are. <laughs> but to be able to focus on those things and to not be handling marketing and then payroll and then, I don't know, shoveling the sidewalk and then (laughs) plunging the toilet is a huge benefit to the people that need to get the messages or need help from the human resources people or need IT help, you know, to be able to have people that are focused, right? Oh, absolutely. And that's the main benefit, I think, of ACUSO is being able to, um, particularly for smaller credit unions, to bring um, well-developed expertise in all of those areas that you just mentioned, um, um, and, you know, and be able to take advantage of that and, and not have to wear five hats, right, and do some of those functions and, you know, deliver some of those uh, capabilities, um, you know, in ways that aren't necessarily um, leading edge. Mm-hmm. And by virtue of having experts that we've developed, expertise that we've developed in those areas, we can bring that leading edge uh, expertise to uh, to a number of different credit unions that otherwise wouldn't be able to take advantage of it or and, develop it on their own. Right. And certainly not wouldn't uh, be able to have a team of four, five, six, 12, 15. I don't know how many people all together are on our CUSO team, but to have a team that large, That's right. that mm-hmm. number of experts on their team That's right. just to get the things done. And I think it's a sign of, for the credit union and for simplicity in the members, it's a sign of financial stability and forward thinking. And it means that the credit union's in a great place to be able to even think about doing this venture, right? That we have this, we have the resources, we have the staff, we have the knowledge, we have the footing to do that. And so it means that we're not in a place where we need to reach out in order to stay mm-hmm. afloat. We're doing well and then can now be a help to right. others. That's a really good point. That's a really a- good way absolutely. to look at it. Yeah. Right. As, as the QSO becomes more successful, um, in theory, so too should Simplicity Credit Union. Um, and, you know, and let's not forget that, you know, we're all part of this wonderful credit union movement, you know, that was started years ago um, and exists for, you know, the benefit of its members. And, you know, it, it, it's about people helping people, but it's also about credit unions helping other credit unions. And you don't mm-hmm. find that in any other industry. You certainly don't find it um, in the world of uh, regular banks. And mm-hmm. that's one of the things that truly sets credit unions apart from banks, um, one of the benefits that we provide to our membership. Yeah, that That is a thing that Ben will say over and over again. I think he said it here on the podcast that one of the things that surprised him because he came from outside of the credit union industry was that, you know, week one, if he didn't know how to do something, there was a group of credit union marketers he could just go to and say, how did you handle this? And they just told him. And it wasn't, you know, a lot of, ooh, I have to hide my secrets and I have all these, you know, special ideas I can't tell people because it really was that cooperative idea and this idea that 
as a credit union grows, we all grow together, we strengthen the movement, the stronger that we all become. So. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, that's truly, I think, what sets us apart from others is that the whole cooperative um, history that we have together. I mean, it's, it's what makes us unique. It's what sets us apart from the banking world. Um, and it is real. Um, it's about, you know, each of us lending a hand and sharing ideas and making each other stronger. And you don't find that in, in the banking world at all. Right. Or really in any other industry. Very few industries. It's, it's very, very unusual. It is. And awesome. And we love it. Very awesome. So let's let's just transition a little bit and let's put on let's put on your imagination cap. <laughs> and we're not gonna hold you to anything, even though you're being recorded, we're not gonna hold you to this. But Tell us what you think the future of the QSO looks like, exclamation services. What does that look like down the road, 5, 10, 20 years? Wow. Big, broad. Okay, so let's start with five years, okay? Okay. And then we'll get to the <laughs> Let's 20. go 25. Yeah. Let's go 30. Um, so, you know, obviously we are in a, a mode of growing, um, and we have to be planful about how we grow. Um, and certainly I think in the initial or the early years, uh, we'll be looking to assisting credit unions and some of our business members of the credit union and those credit unions we will work with, um, you know, in a, um, uh, I guess, a, an efficient way, okay, until we truly develop economies of scale, and that's, you know, obviously part of the business plan in the long term, um, we'll be looking to credit unions in the state of Wisconsin that we can help, um, Probably smaller to medium-sized credit unions. The larger credit unions obviously uh, can afford to hire uh, their own experts in the areas that we've talked about. Um, so that will be our main focus. And as we add credit unions, as we uh, work with credit unions, um, and we're able to continue to grow our teams, um, we'll certainly do that. But I think, you know, longer term, um, there are probably two uh, different paths for growth. Um, I'm not sure one of them's, you know, weighs more than the other, but, um, you know, we'll expand our reach. So from, you know, a statewide presence uh, and focus, maybe to a regional uh, focus of states around um, our, loca our current location. Um, and, and who knows, you know, longer term, it may be a national play that, that we're engaged in. Uh, it just depends on, on how successful we are. Uh, I think the other path that I mentioned or, or referred to is the types of products and services that we'll be able to, to offer. Um, so we don't want to um, boil the ocean, so to speak, um, but, you know, we want to focus initially on some things that we're really good at um, and provide those to other credit unions. Um, as we develop expertise, as we're successful in, in delivering those kinds of products and services, and as the world changes, uh, there are going to be other potential areas, um, other products and services that we can add, whether it's a compliance uh, type service um, or uh, a legal service. You know, and I'm not suggesting anything that we've necessarily thought through definitively at this point in time, but you know, it's just the, the normal growth uh, of an organization that um, as you identify needs uh, that your constituents have um, and you fulfill those needs um, and bring in experts that can do that work, um, I think that's a potential uh, natural path to growth as well going forward. 
I mean, and that that makes very good sense thinking about sort of our attitude as a credit union about meeting members' needs, that it's not just about getting your set suite of products and forever, that's exactly what we have, and you better hope as a member that that's what you need. It's looking at what the gaps are in the market, what those members are looking for, what they're challenged with, and then how we can grow our business so we can provide it to them. So, and I, you know, I think that's true, and part of that is going to require us to constantly be thinking about um, what can we do that will help credit unions set themselves apart and compete more effectively um, and provide value to their members. And, you know, that could be identifying innovative products and services that, you know, are cutting edge, leading edge, that others haven't thought about, that provide credit unions with a competitive advantage in the marketplace. Um, so I think innovation is an important aspect of, of how we'll operate and certainly be, you know, one of our core values going forward. Excellent. Are you ready to transition into the personal stuff? Sure. Okay. I will <laughs> hand it over. All right. Uh -oh. To my very confident co-host. <laughs> so, where? Let's go back. Where did you get your start in the movement in credit unions, and then kind of take us along the journey, along the way, all the way up to being right here with us about today. 10 minutes ago yeah <laughs> sure. sure so my first exposure to credit unions actually was uh, in college um, you know was a typical college student that was having to to have a financial institution relationship uh, to pay for things and to make payments and uh, and whatnot and um, at the University that I attended, the University of Minnesota in Twin Cities, uh, there was a small little credit union that was close by that a number of my friends uh, had accounts at. So that was really my first exposure to credit unions. And did I really know and understand, you know, what was behind a credit union at the time? No, not really. Um, uh, probably not. But it, it seemed more personal. It seemed more intimate than, you know, going to a larger bank. So, so that's where I did my banking. Um, you know, after I left uh, college and entered the professional world of, of life um, and job and career and all of that. Um, along the way, I had the opportunity to have my own consulting firm. Um, and in the course of uh, doing consulting for uh, other organizations, um, I did work for some financial institutions. Uh, some of them were banks, some were insurance companies, some were investment firms, uh, but a few of them were credit unions. Um, and that's where I really... Um, became more knowledgeable about the credit union movement and the differences between credit unions and other financial institutions and really took um, a shine, you might say, to, to credit unions and how we could help credit unions set themselves apart, become more successful um, by the work that we were doing for them as outside consultants. Um, along the way, um, ended up doing some work for a group in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, that's called CUNA Mutual Group. And CUNA Mutual Group is actually uh, got started at the beginning of the credit union movement uh, as being the uh, institution that insured credit unions, young credit unions that had just got a, gotten a start. And um, had the opportunity to do some work with um, an insurance arm of CUNA Mutual Group that provided insurance products directly to credit union members. Um, 
uh, products that are branded True Stage. And it was really through that involvement uh, for about three years that I, I really um, had the opportunity to become a, a strong advocate and a strong believer in the credit union movement. Um, and I guess I would say today that um, I don't think I could step very far outside of the credit union world uh, with other financial institutions uh, in terms of a job or, or consulting um, or any of those things because there is such a, a huge difference uh, between credit unions um, and banks, other financial institutions. We call it the credit union advantage or the credit union difference, and it is real. Um, during the course of my work at CUNA Mutual Group, I had the opportunity to interact with a number of different credit unions across the United States. Uh, and there was a credit union in Metro Detroit, Detroit, Michigan, that um, had a pretty aggressive plan for growing their credit union over a three-year period and had seen what I had done with the True Stage brand um, at CUNA Mutual Group and convinced me to, to join their, their organization, their credit union. And um, we actually doubled that credit union in terms of asset size, membership, and tripled in terms of its footprint, the number of branches it had over a three-year period. It was a pretty, wow. uh, pretty incredible pace that we did that at, um, but that was by design. Um, and it was a wild ride, but it was a ton of fun. And, um, you know, it's there where I had the opportunity to broaden my perspective a little bit more in terms of uh, QSOs. And... Um, we participated, that credit union participated in four different QSOs, um, became familiar with, you know, the power of having a QSO and being able to take those expert services, um, each one of them was focused in a different area, uh, and provide those benefits and that expertise to other credit unions that, as we've talked about earlier, uh, may not be able to afford uh, or acquire those, uh, that level of expertise. Um, and then we kind of um, longed to come back to Wisconsin, my family and I, and um, uh, through a couple of different uh, opportunities, uh, I've ended up here um, as CEO of this QSO, Exclamation Services, and um, I'm, I'm just happy as can be to be a part of this. And um, I've truly looked at this as an opportunity to do something that I've wanted to do and, and love to do. Uh, and that's, you know, extend the benefit of the credit union movement to as many credit unions and ultimately as many, as many members of credit unions as possible. Um, so that's kind of the mission I'm on, uh, and, and this gives me an opportunity to really do that. Awesome. So let's, let's talk just a little, little personally. Let's locate you as a Wisconsinite here. So you uh, – Okay. How do you say the name of the town in which you were born? I say Racine. Okay. There are other people that call it Racine. Um, that is my question. But that would, you know, that would kind of distinguish whether you're truly a native from Racine or, <laughs> or a transplant. Um, so that's where I grew up. That's where I spent my uh, formative years um, being exposed to Kringle um, and, and other things that Racine was well known for. Um, and still is. Um, I then went off to college, uh, as I indicated, did my undergraduate at the University of Minnesota initially and finished it at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul. Uh, then went on to uh, pursue a graduate uh, degree in California. Um, 
my life kind of took a, a path away from Wisconsin um, from then on um, and have spent time in a number of locations, Washington, D.C., uh, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Madison, back to Madison, uh, and then over to Detroit, Michigan, and now back to uh, Wisconsin. And um, Wisconsin is home. It always has been and it always will be. And there's just something about Wisconsin that is so different from other parts of the country that uh, unless you're from here, you really don't know or understand what that really means. So. Well, we fought long and hard to get you back here. Uh, and here I'm you are. Glad you did. Welcome home. Welcome <laughs> back to, to be, Wisconsin. It's good to be home. <laughs> are we ready to move on? Mm-hmm. We have a very special segment for you. Oh, so so excited. This is probably I don't the think most important. This part. is the most important part. We've covered the QSO. We're really glad. Like that was important. This is this was our opportunity to really start talking about the QSO. You know, people have met you, but now we're on to the important part, and this is <laughs> a thing that we. We sort of like to, we like to do this as we meet new people, and we just, it's, I mean, you can call it a friendship test if you want. You're, you're making me nervous. There is a pass or fail sort of aspect, <laughs> <laughs> but it's low pressure. Just know that we're going to ask you a series of questions. All you have to do is give us your honest answer. And whatever you answer is fine for you and your journey. Just know that there is a wrong answer. Okay, I, ju- I warn you, I'm a high achiever, so okay. I don't okay. like failure. You really want, to, I know this about you, and you really want to do well. So we'll see. We'll see. So we start with Coke or Pepsi? Neither. Oh, oh man. Right off the bat. I'm just not a cola drinker. Just don't drink cola. So what do you do? Do you do a 7-Up Sprite situation? I'm a 7-Up or a Sprite person. Okay. Yep. okay. I or prefer Sprite. 7-Up or Sprite. Okay. That's sprite. what I thought. Okay. You seem like a Sprite. Occasionally a squirt, maybe. <laughs> oh, you got to love a just squirt. Just to mix things up. Yep. Okay. <laughs> just when you're feeling crazy. Okay. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Oh, yes. <sighs> Plus one for Vince. Outvoted. Marvel or DC Comics? Marvel. Okay. Nice. It's, it's two points. Uh, this one, we had to find an opposite, and so we went to the year this came out. What was something else that would probably be an opposite to that? Right. So, Lord of the Rings or The Fast and the Furious? Lord of the Rings. The Beatles or the Rolling Stones? Oh, the Beatles. And final question. This refers back to our previous episode. How do you like your Oreo? Specifically, what is the right ratio of cream to cookie? As much cream as possible. And the latest, I think, is called most or more. The, mo- the most, most, the most stuff. stuff. Most stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, double's not good enough. Most no. is. You have to get to the, the most. ultimate amount of stuff. The most. Absolutely. So just to tag on to that. One of the big controversies <laughs> that came out of the Oreo question was flavored or not flavored? Oh, not flavored. Original. Okay. Okay. So what, what, what's our determination? <laughs> I mean, you scored several points. Um, notably, the jury is still out. Uh, yeah. yes. All the points in my book. You, you, oh. <laughs> um, so this is a, a Vince versus Sue kind of a thing? It, it, not necessarily. No. There are things that we agree with. Okay. Mm-hmm. There actually, there's there's a lot he and I agree on. There are a few key things that we are on the opposite sides of the spectrum of. This is good to know. So, should we break this down? Okay, go ahead. So the big one. Well, to start off, the big one is the Star Wars Star Trek. Right. 
That so. that is one that we are on the opposite sides of the spectrum. So Vince uh, is clearly Star Wars and you're mm-hmm. Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's true. It's true. I could tell by your reaction. Yes. Some disappointment. Utter disappointment. Is it the single tear that coursed <laughs> down my cheek? Anytime you want to play poker, just let me know. <laughs> no, I, I know that I am not destined <laughs> to be a poker player. <laughs> Believe me. Um, Marvel or DC, I think, was that was key. So what what is it? Are you enjoying the new MCU the movies yeah. or the original comics. I was thinking to myself, or, well, it's I more it's is. more the movies. And you know, I know there's controversy around, you know, what Disney is doing with with that whole um, I guess opportunity is the way to <laughs> to best call it. There are some that, you know, were fearful that it would completely be destroyed by Disney, but um, you know, I think they've done a good job and you know, we'll we'll see. There's there's obviously more to come, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> You're in, in this for the long, long play. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And so, were you a comic book guy when you I were a kid? I wasn't. I no? wasn't. No, I mean, you know, if I if I dabbled in comic books at all, it was strictly a Superman. I um, was going to guess a Superman. I was going to guess you were a Superman guy. Yeah. God, I wish I had stopped you. So <laughs> I don't. Then I would have scored points. Beatles and Rolling Stones, you've scored well. He doesn't have an opinion. No. Really? But. Why not? Um, just never really listened to either. Oh, okay. But I do have an opinion, and you scored well. Okay. With the Beatles. Now, if Elvis <laughs> had been part of the equation, Ooh. Elvis would have been totally He muddies out. the whole situation. Absolutely. There's nothing you can totally do with out. that. I just no. never was an Elvis fan. No. So, no. <gasps> no. <laughs> Maybe it's the, the hip thing. I don't know. <laughs> He's maybe not. You're maybe not his demographic. You're maybe not what he was going for. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. He didn't make my heart pound. He didn't. Okay. No. Well, that was a head bob <laughs> because just, you can't. They you can't, can't see you. Yes, so. I know. I know. I was thinking of something sassy to say about mm-hmm. how he's talking about Elvis. Whatever. We're just gonna have to agree to disagree. There you go. <laughs> That's what makes the world go round. Right? It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. It is the amazing diversity. It'd be pretty of boring people if we all who are right and wrong. Right. Or if everybody was right and no one was wrong. Right. right. <laughs> but probably the most important question for us <laughs> was the whole Lord of the Rings thing. And so we had to couch it in a way it was not, are you a Lord of the Rings fan? But right. To try to bring But that was really it. the question we were asking. <laughs> Make no mistake. Okay. Were, now, did you, were you a Tolkien reader and then came to the movies or? No, probably the other way around. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just a, it was a different, different thing at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And it just was intriguing, um, suspenseful, right? So, yeah, it, it drew me in. Okay. I See, and I, I would have pegged you as someone who maybe read hmm. those. So what did I you read? read? A, I read a lot, but yeah. um, I'm really more of a nonfiction uh, type. I was going to peg you for like biographies. <laughs> is what just I was keep gonna... saying. That I know. After I, every he says time, I just everything history. He you know, says. I I bore my wife to tears when my son and I get together, and he's a big history buff too, and we talk about historical things. You know, World War Two or, or whatever, and uh, um, you know, those are the kinds of things that that intrigue me. Um, what things in the world um, led to why things are the way they are today. 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that you can point back to. Um, to me, that's that's fascinating stuff. But I know it's boring to a lot of people. I think so. It's interesting you bring that up. This is a complete sidebar, but we will follow it because that's what we do. I was just having a conversation with my son this week about uh, how history, how I learned history in school, how much of the actual history is left out of the history we learn in school, and how little emphasis is put on the reason we are learning that history and being mm-hmm. able to say, here you can see here, here's a here's something that's going to repeat itself. Mm-hmm. Here is a process that you can see the beginning, middle, and end. And it has done, you know, we as a species have gone through that time and time again. So we can identify where that tipping point is. And if we if we're all paying attention, we could course correct it. Mm-hmm. But the emphasis is so much on date and just memorizing things by rote oh that's the, the and not understanding the sad part of history right right, mm-hmm. right right and i think the thing so i i went from parochial school to public school from 8th grade to ninth grade and so that also there was this weird divide because it wasn't consistent like you would if you were going through public school the whole time you would have history that built on itself, but my history ended with World War II, I think, in eighth grade, and probably picked up post-Nixon in high school. (laughs) So there's just a whole gap Mm -hmm. that didn't happen for me that that I never learned, and the things I did learn we're primarily, you know, memorize these dates, understand all of this, but it was not, there was no, and this, this is a big thing that I look at now and didn't even realize it, there was no emphasis on the diversity of the cultures that I was learning about. Mm-hmm. There was nothing that, you know, there was shockingly little actual history in the history. That's too bad. And I, you know, and I know that history is typically taught chronologically. And mm-hmm. I think that's a mistake because um, it forces one to look at history, you know, as a timeline. And, you know, this happened first, then this, then this, and, and it all builds on itself. And there is, you know, some benefit, I think, to understanding how, you know, history does build on itself. But, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of the whole chronological thing because I think the way things are today and our understanding of the way the world is today isn't necessarily a result of chronology, right? It's a result of things that happened. Some things were more important than others. Uh, Some some things had more impact than others. And to treat it merely as um, a series of dates and and events is, you know, doesn't doesn't do (laughs) justice to history, right? Um, Yeah, there's just so much that we can learn from what has happened um, before now. And Mm -hmm. each generation has its own history, right? And um, some of it, you know, is repeated. Um, and we see that in, particularly in fashion, right? Um, what's once was old is new again. Um, and, you know, it, it's just, I don't know, it, it's, to me, it's just a fascinating thing to see how uh, different things, not just events, but mindsets and 
cultures and the psychology of history, um, the impact that that has on who we are today Mm -hmm. and why we are the way we are today, right? From region to region, country to country, even state to state. Right. right? So if we, maybe if we focused on teaching history through the people and the cultures and the attitudes rather than by date, 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 we would be drawing more from it. And then people who love history wouldn't feel like it was boring to other people because it would not be as boring. (laughs) Exactly, right? (laughs) You know, history has... We have to find ways to bring history to life, to make it mm-hmm. interesting, to make it intriguing, to make it insightful, um, rather than just rote. Right. Awesome. That was a tangent. I probably okay. could have been a history teacher, but, you know, that doesn't necessarily excite me. It's, you know, <laughs> it's how I can use history to um, create my own impact in the world, mm-hmm. right? And it becomes an individual thing. Um, as opposed to a, a world thing. Right. Well, and there are some things that we're passionate about that we want to teach, and there are some things we're passionate about that we just want to be lifelong learners. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's, no, you know, there's no reason to judge that one way or the other. If you just love to learn it, you just love to learn it, and right. then you, you know, do with it what if you do with it. If you're a Coke fan, you might want to teach the world the same. Right? I probably, I mean, I do. But <laughs> if you're a big credit union fan, you might want to teach the world to sing songs about credit unions. To, well, yeah. <laughs> 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 to learn how to keep more of their money, right? right? And rather than give it to somebody else, that who knows what they're going to do with it, right? Oh, I think we have a pretty good idea what yeah. they're going to do with it. That was fun. That was a fun little side note. Mm-hmm. We're out of questions now. I that agree. was a good time. We could keep. We could go. How much time do we have? We could go on to your next favorite subject, and we could. Or we could take <laughs> questions from the audience, right? Oh, yeah. This is get the call. Yeah. Get the calls. Just take the calls take now. The call in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll get all call, kinds of calls. Call one eight four four. We don't have a phone. <laughs> <laughs> this is pre-recorded. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for being with us. That was oh, absolutely my delightful. This do you was have, fun. Do you have anything else? You would like to say to the world at large before we wrap up? You'll get another. Uh, literally, you can be on the podcast whenever you oh, want. Wow. You cool. Cool. I look forward to that. Yeah. Um, hopefully, people won't get sick and tired of me. Um, you know, I guess just to reiterate that, you know, this CUSO is a wonderful thing. Um, it's a wonderful thing from a lot of different perspectives. You know, personally, it's it's a great thing. I think um, – Professionally, it's it's wonderful for the people that are going to be involved in it, um, that are the experts that will be delivering great uh, products and services to credit union members, and it's great for credit unions and their members. Um, it's an opportunity to bring things that might not, you know, have been thought possible um, to credit unions who deserve it. Right? We're all in this together. Um, it's a great movement. It's a great cooperative, and. Um, I think, you know, the best thing about it is, and people don't always think about it this way, that if you're a member of a credit union, you're also an owner. You Mm -hmm. own the place. So um, try and tell your bank that, right, and see how (laughs) that goes over. (laughs) I think just on that note that, and this, this is going to be riddled with hyperbole, however, one, one of the things that 
I think is great about the CUSO model, and in particular the way the way our CUSO is growing up, is that we the people that are involved in it are all people who are excited about the way about what they're doing. So the things, the jobs that they have are jobs they're passionate about, and there is such a difference in the result that you'll get from someone who loves what they're doing and who can't wait to get to work to do it, um, as opposed to somebody who has to crank a thing out and doesn't have the time and is you know stressed about having to do it. And I think that probably is one of the more exciting things about that for me. That's me speaking. Well, and I think that you make a good point. I, you know, I think it's a difference between a business and a movement, mm -hmm. right? And we are part of a movement. Um, we are not, you know, part of a business. And it allows us to be passionate about what we do and take that passion to wherever we are allowed to take it, right? And, you know, I look forward to, uh, to working with this team, this great group of people, and um, having fun um, in the journey. So fun is allowed in the queue, so fun just is allowed. to be clear. Absolutely. Okay. That's on, you got Absolutely. that, right? Yeah, yeah. That's recorded. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you again. So to all of our listeners, just a reminder that you can find us on Anchor. You can find us on iTunes. You were not quite, we want to be to where you can find us on anywhere you listen to podcasts. But as yet, you can't find us where I listen to podcasts. So I was are, worried you were going to say that you could find us on Looney Tunes. You but can. That's, that's also true. <laughs> that is also true. Um, and if you don't, if you don't have a favorite podcast app, you can go right to the Simplicity Credit Union website, simplicity.coop/blog, and we post all of our episodes up there. You can catch the link for any one of our episodes, and then you can catch up on all the back catalog. Spend some time. Quick, it's yeah. It might get rainy. It might get cold yet this week. Spend some time. Listen Cover to up, every episode. Get some hot chocolate. Yeah. Curl up under a blanket. Yeah. yeah bring if you the thought this one was exciting, boy, are you in for a treat <laughs> by listening to some of the other ones. <laughs> thank you again, Alan, and thank you to our listeners for hanging in there with us. This is Sue and Vince signing off for now, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.